Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and I am very lucky to be joined today by uh, soon-to-be fellow podcaster, Pat Shaw. Pat, how are you doing down there? Uh, good, Ballarat. The sun's shining today and um, it's, I think, six degrees. Yep, that's that's Ballarat, all right, sure. <laughs> um, well, yeah, well, just tell us a bit about your new project. Um, you started up a website and soon-to-be podcast, a Lavello podcast. Yeah, look, um, I've just wanted to do a podcast for quite a while, and um, I suppose you want to talk about the things that you are passionate about, but also to try and give more exposure to national level riders so whether they be domestically racing or, or overseas in smaller teams but just yet to make the leap to um, the professional ranks and then over summer hopefully we'll have some um, good uh, chats with some of the pros probably the guys that I am best mates with like Simon Clark, Chris Hamilton, Ben O'Connor, um, Nathan Hass um, just to mention a few but it, it's um, more at the moment it's just written content for the page. Um, and I'm quite enjoying it, actually. It's uh, something new for me. But, um, yeah, it makes you appreciate uh, the hard effort that a lot of the journalists go into writing these articles night after night. Yeah. Um, well, it's nice that you get a little taste of it, Pat. You can understand a bit of a shared pain there, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so let's get on. Let's jump into this podcast now. Um, f- first of all, of course, we are, again, sponsored by Out of the Rat Race, which make... Um, environmentally sustainable, odour-resistant, and very fashionable cycling apparel. So make sure you go to www.com.au to check them out. They certainly produce a great range of really high-quality goods. Okay, um, we're into Tour of King Valley now, Pat. Good memories from from last year for you? Uh, yeah, really good memories. Um, I must admit, I'd never had the chance to do the San Miranda uh, weekend of racing before it was a national road series. And to go there last year, my expectations for myself personally were quite low um, just because of the time trial. And then I thought we'd probably ride for Joe Cooper. And um, and it worked out that way. But on the actual Strata Nero Queen stage, um, yeah, it all sort of went together and um i pulled off the win in that stage and i I still and i've been saying it all week it still uh goes down as the most enjoyable um nrs stage i've ever been part of and i suppose winning it obviously makes it a bit more special but its characteristics are just what makes it so cool there's not really any other race on the national road series that is like it um it's kind of a little bit like i suppose the strata bianca in a, in a lot of senses that you do a little bit of road you do a little bit off road um but i think the thing that really sort of turned me on i suppose last year was that the weather was so cruel as well uh, it was so freezing um the conditions were really tough and um they're always the races that i've always wanted to do well in but um yeah fond memories and um Looks like a huge field to take place, uh, take uh, the start line in the men's race, and also very solid women's entries. So that's really good. Yeah, um, 151 starters from the men, which is yeah, pretty much the Vuelta field, just transplanted uh, a few thousand miles. Um, so that's very impressive to see from the NRS men, and certainly be a good race to go down there and follow. Yeah, it's really that Strada Nero stage which gives the race its personality, doesn't it? I mean, it's um, something that's very different from 
pretty much all other Australian racing. Um, certainly at this level, uh, I know they've got a number of races. There's one in South Australia they call the Hell of the North, and I think they do a similar thing in Victoria as well, don't they? Yeah, there's also um, yeah a Northern Combine uh, run it, I believe, and it's always a big race. Um, it's called Hell of the West, maybe, I think, and it's in the Western yeah. area. Taking their cues off the Parry Roubaix, aren't they? Um, and that sort of thing. Um, but as yeah, but this one takes its cues off uh, the Strata Bianchi, and it's yeah, very similar. That those gravel climbs, um, they're not for the faint of heart, are they? Are they, Pat? Well, no, I was exceptionally surprised last year um, when we hit the climb, the how just how hard we were riding, and um, the the power data was just like I was looking down at the head, you know, and thinking, I really can't maintain this for the rest of this climb knowing how long it was but then the the difficulty is is that it's very easy to to ride too hard on those gravel climbs and the rest of the the um well your pure climbers they sort of fell away towards the uh top of the major climb on the strata nero and um that gave me a chance to sort of sneak off the front and pick up some pretty good time bonuses and um and also start to structure the race so it's actually interesting because you know Obviously, Peru Bay splits up because of the difficulty of the Parve sections. But on Strata Nero, the King of the Mountains um, up Stra- the Strata Nero section really splits the field up, and then everyone's chasing each other for what's is on and off gravel sections for the next sort of 30 kilometres. Um, and it's really just funny how the race situation continues to change. You know, last year several times we ended up with like four of our team in the front group and then you know a guy dropped both of his biddens or um joe cooper would punch her and um all these things are going on um in the team last year and it was just a really exciting stage it was you know over 100k but you really feel like it was all over and done with sort of really quite quickly it was a bit of a mechanics nightmare last year wasn't it um i've heard it was even worse the year before um that <laughs> it's it's really a case where you've just got to make sure that you stay care of those potholes, try and avoid any pinch flats on um, loose stones and what have you, and just hope that you can get get through it all, isn't it? Yeah, well, some of it's luck. Obviously, preparation goes into it too. Like last year, I raced on 28 mil tyres um, and had uh, about 65 PSI. Uh, so I was running really low pressure and I didn't get a puncher, but, I, but we also ran like sealant and things like that as well. So... At the end of the day, you you do all the things you can to um, to sort of cover your cover your tracks, but ultimately um, being at the front is really important because you're going to get first visual of the dangers, i.e., potholes, maybe even corrugations that can be actually quite rough to handle. But last year, the front group was really quite good. Like any time there was a hole, they pointed it out for the entire group and. Um, so I think that it's, it is a bit of luck involved. But last year, I was actually quite certain there wasn't so many mechanicals, in fact. What would you be your advice to people going up the climb? Because as you mentioned, there are those corrugations um, on the side of the road in particular. And that results in probably a bit of loss of traction there as you're kind of bumping over them going uphill. Yeah, certainly. Like once it's in the race, you sort of don't have an option of where you're going to ride because the group will sort of decide. Um, in the sense that if you know you're ten wheels back, you can't really choose your line if there's three other guys riding that line already. But uh, I think the exciting thing about the stage is that you really are full gas, probably three or four kilometres before you hit the climb itself, and 
just precedent to that, you actually do a King of the Mountain. Um, I think it's like a Cat 3 before it, and it's actually quite solid. Then run downhill and turn right into the, the road that actually approaches the Strata Nero climb. So the best thing you can always do is go and ride the, the, the course itself, you know, a few days before. Um, even if you only ride the important sections and, and do your sort of recon, just like the professionals do in Europe, you know, the more prepared you are, the, the more simple things will seem on the day. Yeah, wise words. Um, okay, we'll jump into the rest of the course now. And um, stage one is a short time trial. I think it's nine kilometres um, around Whitfield there. Um, maybe it's maybe some relation to Sean Whitfield there, who's been having a good season with Oliver's Real Food Racing. Um, last year it was Joe Cooper who took out the win there for the men, Leeson Hawkins for the women. I mean, that's the that's the sort of rider who's going to take it, a strong, powerful rider who can really put the put the power down on the flat areas there and often battle the wind around um, around Whitfield there as well. Yeah, certainly Joe Cooper's got to be still favourite, even though he hasn't had a lot of racing in his legs. He would definitely be looking to hit the ground running. Um, Sean Lake would also be a rider that would be looking to do a really good result because even though there's quite a bit of climbing in the Strata Nero stage and the stage on Sunday, I think uh, that it really is a course that suits him, this Strata Nero um, tour the San Miranda Turu King Valley. And um, they're two guys that stand out. But there's a lot of guys that are coming from behind and they're really starting to show what they have got to offer. And, and being short time trial, it won't be all over and done with at the end of the first stage. Yeah, last year um, it was the young N-Swiss rider, Liam McGuinness, who really showed him, who really, you know, popped out of the woodwork and showed himself to be, you know, an elite time trial. So... You know, it could be a name like that again who um, shows that they've got the ability to really match it with the top elite guys, you know, your Sean Lakes, your Joe Coopers. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, secondly, there's the Criterium in Wangaratta, and that's 36 kilometres with two sprints um, around the park, which um, include some time bonuses there. Uh, they've, dipped, they've changed the course for this year. It used to be a bit more in the CBD, but uh, this time it's around one of the parks, which should help if it rains. I mean, they'll probably still keep it on this year rather than calling it off because, you know, you've got less of that build-up of, you know, oils and stuff on the ground. So, yeah, it should be interesting to see how it goes. It doesn't look like a super technical course, Pat. No, and I think that was the thing last year with taking the crit out, and I still think that it was the right decision. Um, but to take the crit out, it really did change the race a fair bit. Um, and the criterium isn't always a given that it's going to end in a bunch sprint. So if there's guys that have already lost considerable time, and when I say considerable time, that they believe they can't get back in the other two stages remaining, they're going to have to go on the attack in the criterium, and it could make for a really entertaining and... Um, an aggressive stage and if a group was to survive it would really again change just as much as the individual time trial did it'll change the uh, dimension of how the race will play out over the the final two days true enough um then there's the strad nero stage which is 118 kilometers includes two sprints and two climbs as well um we've talked about the stage obviously but uh, how how much does do the time bonuses go into playing a factor in the race, do you think? I mean, obviously, last year, Joe Cooper had a fairly handy lead um, coming off the time trial. Um, but how much do you think um, the teams need to chase those time bonuses? I don't think you should ever be chasing time bonuses 
like in a, in an event like this, I think if they're there and they sort of present, then obviously you take what you can get at a cheap price is the way I'd put it. So you don't want to really be exerting yourself to pick up, you know, a handful of seconds because ultimately in a stage like this, if you overexert at the wrong time, it won't be a matter of seconds that you lose. It'll be minutes. And last year was very lucky that there was a, a, a pretty strong headwind after the last gravel section, which allowed a big group to come back. Otherwise, it would have been about 18 guys go to the line. Um, they may not be so lucky this year, so if you've wasted energy and a lot of guys did get dropped that shouldn't have last year because they raced too aggressively early, um, then you're going to pay that price and you can forget about a general classification result. Fourth stage where we're, uh, it's going 100Ks around the Tamanic Gap loop. Uh, there's a few loops of that, those climbs around there and they're, they're not, they're not, monsters by any stretch of the imagination but they're short they're steep and yeah they're they're for punchy riders i'd say um i remember you and ben hill last year had a good old battle going up them for the king of the mountains jersey yeah we certainly did i suppose the difficulty was as i was trying to contest so many things and so was ben so in fact we probably could have you know if we focused on just ourselves and not the not those classifications we probably could have broken away and and made something bigger the day but ultimately the the Tamanic gap climb is tough it's a fast climb so if you're out of position you really do feel the the pinch of the climb and in fact if you're on the front being aggressive it's sometimes easier um but what also that circuit does is there's actually quite a lot of false flat in the circuit so you don't have much actual flat it's either false flat uphill false flat downhill or climbing or descending and um it does offer chances for attacks to go last year we saw a pretty dangerous attack go um just about 12 10 k's before the final ascent up uh uh Tammany gap and those riders were brought back actually on the climb but then that forced a really aggressive racing from there to the finish line and crosswinds were also um occurrent on that day and it ended up being um yeah some big splits happened scott law won the stage but um in the end there was a fair few guys out the back door yeah i mean you can get a false sense of security from seeing oh yeah a sprinter won the stage it must have been a bunch sprint but no that was a really hard stage especially towards the end there where you guys were absolutely railing it all the way through to the yeah to the final kilometers really yeah, well, there was um, there wasn't the original intention, but at the at the end of the the day, we sort of really wanted to send a message at that point of the season because it kicked off what was then going to be a series of national road series events. So it was important to show that even though we were winning the tour, that we we're still wanting to be aggressive. And um, I must admit, again, that was another. Um, part of that tour last year that when we rode in that manner, even though we didn't win that final stage. Um, to really put that, show that strength and show that force that we had uh, was really a proud moment for us as a group. And I think that uh, we saw that in the last NRS tour with, at the Tour of the Great South Coast with Draypack Pats Veg. Those guys will have a lot of camaraderie coming out of that and a lot of confidence coming out of that tour that with just five guys basically from day one, um, they were able to not only win the tour, but also podium in a GC with another rider, win a stage and several classifications. And I suppose that um, particularly at a National Road Series level, confidence is super, super important. Um, and 
you know, in any level it's important, but I think that it can make a huge difference in the National Road Series. If you're coming off the back of a good result and you believe in it, you know, already you're turning up to the race so much better prepared. Yeah, and in the women's, it was Kate McElroy who took the win there. Um, it was a bit of a stop-start race uh, from memory, the women's. It, you'd see a lot of action going over the climbs and towards the sprints, but um, then they'd often sit up and wait for the rest of the peloton because the, the race was so close at the top there, they were really fighting it out for those bonus seconds at every opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Okay, having a look at the men's start list now. Um, no Pat Shaw here, unfortunately, because uh, we've got the start list after we recorded the bit with him. So just me having a quick look through the 151 names on this start list. It's quite incredible, isn't it, to think that there's there's no lack of demand for racing in the NRS at the moment, just a lack of races at the moment. So having a quick look through the names... Um, NRS team leaders, Drapak, Pats, Veg, have a decent uh, decent team on the start line. Um, Matt Ross, Jesse Fiedenby, and Liam White are probably their big names. Liam White's obviously going to be a big name when it comes down to the sprints. Uh, Isoway Swiss Wellness bring Joe Cooper, Sean Lake, Chris Harper, Cam Bailey, Michael Freiburg, uh, Jason Lee, Jer Jeremy Cameron. Of course, any of those guys are you know, incredibly strong and could win the race on their own. Right, uh, Ryan Thomas from Oliver's Real Foods, he's going to be their big name there. Obviously very strong at two of Great South Coast. Let's bring, a, bring an interesting team. They've got the youngster Mitchell Wright make, making his, is it his debut in, in NRS? It's certainly one of his first races, if not his debut, and he'll be a very interesting rider to watch. Um, obviously big raps on him, and he's... He's got a lot of potential in the sport. Uh, and Swiss bring bring a great of the sport in Stu Shaw and a number of yeah up-and-comers as well in that team with names like Liam McGinnis, uh, Ryan Kavanagh, Elliot Schultz. And, yeah, should be should be an interesting bunch of riders. Uh, the Nero Racing Team, another squad lining up on the start line. Obviously, they've got a bigger pro presence on social media than they probably do at the moment at the top of the results sheet, but they still did a great job, obviously, at the Tour of the Great South Coast. Uh, Toby Orchard got up the road a few times um, during that race and nearly nabbed that sprint jersey, but uh, obviously just lost it at the end there. Uh, yeah, they should be an interesting team. It'll be, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go and more interested in looking forward to seeing how they cover it um, with their YouTube clips afterwards. And there are a few interesting individuals. Um, obviously, Ben Hill is traditional um, one-man-against-the-world routine, and he's obviously a very exciting racer to watch. Uh, Jake Kladgenblatt, uh, winner of a stage last year at the Tour of the Great South Coast. Uh, Daniel Payne. Riley, Riley Field, a bunch of um, interesting young riders who would be, be good to follow and see how they go. Yeah, two predictions now. And I don't, I'm not entirely certain um, that it's going to be too easy to uh, distill this 150 rider field down into a couple of predictions. But yeah, you can't go too far away from the big names, I suppose. So you're Sean Lake and Joe Cooper. They're going to be creating a gap at the 
off that first time trial. And after that, you're going to have to be a pretty good rider to make up that sort of time against them. That said, it might be a bit harder this year for um, Ice Away Sports to control the race with so many different riders in it and so many different teams all trying to do their own thing. So it might be an opportunity for some of the, yeah, the smaller names in the sport to really have a, really have a good showing. So yeah, maybe, maybe a Ryan Thomas who could do well. Um, just having a quick look down the start list, making sure I didn't miss anyone else out there. Uh, ben Hill, obviously he's going to be, going to be attacking all the time. And one of my favorite riders to watch on the Australian scene, <laughs> though often he doesn't bring a time trial bike to the, um, to the first TT uh, where he certainly didn't last year and he lost quite a bit of time because of that. So yeah, I don't know. I'll go Matt Ross. Why not? He's one of my favorite riders and strong against the clock, strong in the road races. And yeah, he should be putting on a good show. So Matt Ross. Okay. And we're now very, very lucky to be joined by Kate Perry, um, an old, an old stalwart of the podcast. Um, but back from Christ, when was that? 2015 was it? That oh, you... would have been a few seasons ago. Yes, yeah, back when I was in the dinosaur age with my technical difficulties. But I'm glad to be back. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, I actually actually got a question. I was like, um, somebody came up to me and said, "Why did you kick Kate off the podcast?" I was like, "No, no. <laughs> we didn't it kick her off." <laughs> legitimately technical difficulties because <laughs> that's what everyone always uses as a disguise. But no, this was actually actually technology not working in our favour. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's great to have you back. Um, Thank you. Two of King Valley. Uh, in, it's an interesting course. Uh, how do you see it playing out? I mean, obviously the time trial up the front gives gives the good time trials to head start on the rest of the field. But um, as we saw last year, it wasn't the sole determining factor in who got, in who got the win. Yeah, I think um, Tour of King Valley is definitely probably the most unique uh, tour we have on the on the NRS calendar. And I'm like, I'm really glad to see that it's still an addition this year. Um, I think it's, it's definitely comes down to, to skill and who's, who's obviously the fittest, but also a huge amount of luck. So as you said, yeah, the time trial definitely starts us off, but being a short K um, short time trial, so less than 10 Ks look, it's it normally typically the, the powerhouse athletes do pretty well. Like we've got, um, both Kimberly Wells and Beck Wysak on the start list as well as Ashan Kudinoff. So I think, you know, normally they go pretty well on a course like this. Like last year, we obviously saw Leeson Hawkins take it out. But I think um, the time trial definitely does not determine the rest of the race because you've obviously got three quite challenging stages that come short, shortly thereafter. Yeah, and you, you yourself personally, I mean, you'll be hoping that it's a bit less windy than last year, I guess, because um, when it <laughs> yes. turned up for the time trials... Blowing. Oh, it was blowing an absolute gale, and when you're uh, you're half the size of your opponent, sometimes it doesn't work in your favour when you get blown around. But um, yeah, look, I I'm always hoping to do well in that TT. I do love it. It's a great course, and um, yeah, I think either way, I'll be going out hard, whether there's wind or not. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be exciting to see who's got the legs. Obviously, we haven't been racing against each other for quite a few months now so there's been a big hiatus so it's almost like starting again in the second half of the season you don't really know what to expect from everyone so you've just got to go in with um eyes wide open yeah and it'll be a different dynamic in this race um because there's a not a um well holden and high five are going to go be going in with depleted teams obviously a lot of their stars are overseas in the women's development team 
Um, but Holden, for instance, they have Kimberly Wells, obviously a fantastic writer. Um, Jamie Gunning, McKinnery. Um, anyone else? No, I think. Ah, uh, yeah, they've got Sarah Giganti as well, who's oh. one of their um, young development oh, yeah. writers. She's got to start with them this this tour. Um, yeah, look, I definitely and think Aaron I wouldn't. Yes, and Erin Keneally, yeah. So, look, I definitely wouldn't call it depleted. There's a, a wealth of talent in that squad, um, as the same with with the High Five squad. Like, I definitely think, obviously, Kimberly Wells, she's, you know, so well experienced and a great athlete. And I am I would assume that she'll be playing a very big mentor role for the younger younger squad. Um, but in saying that, yeah, you, you can't count them out, definitely. Like, I think it's a, it's a tour that should should uh, actually suit their squad quite well, um, given the terrain and the, the style of racing. So, yeah, look, I think the, the racing is going to be competitive regardless of whether you've got the likes of the top five NRS girls, which, oh, sorry, women, I should say, who, yeah, are fortunate to be overseas at the moment racing against the world's best. So they're obviously going to come back fighting strong for, for Amy's. I think that's when they're back, I believe. But, um, yeah, it doesn't mean that the racing is going to be any less competitive this time around. Yeah, um, the other team that really caught my eye on this one is the TIS um, development team. They were great at um, the Great South Coast, um, unfortunate pun there. And, yeah, <laughs> I think they've they've really um, come come in all, all guns blazing. I mean, and just straight off the bat, you know, they used to be a squad that just had one or two riders that they'd send along, uh, but they've kind of been with a proper squad now, now that Macy Stewart's back, and they've just, you know, shown that they're really here to do business. Yeah, I think so. I think the TIS women's squad is is a fantastic um, collective of women, young girls racing um, against obviously some older older girls in the in the NRS. But that definitely doesn't mean they're any any less eager or, or shy of a wheel. That's for sure. I think um, working in their favour is they just go go gung ho from the start. And like we saw that down in in Tassie, unfortunately they had a few spills. But I think that's just because they really do push their limits, which is fantastic to see. I think it's great for the sport and. Um, at a, a junior level, like they've definitely, you know, they're up there with the world's best. So I think even without Macy Stewart on the squad, it's definitely a, a talented um, bunch of women. So I'm excited to see what they bring to King Valley. I think with the dirt sections, they're going to go in pretty, pretty fierce. So we'll have to be watching those wheels for sure. Um, and the other big news, I guess, is Beck Wysak coming back from the States. Um... I think she won her last race there, which was a criterium in Rochester um, in New York. And she's jetted on and she's she's come from the lights of New York to the, yeah, the not so well lit up areas around uh, Wangaratta. So yeah. be... Oh, definitely. But, you know, Beck's a fantastic athlete and, you know, one that a lot of us, I guess, aspire to be like just because her, her race ethic, but also her energy she brings to each tour is fantastic. And, yeah, obviously... She's had a huge season over in America and, you know, I think my Instagram feed every morning has featured a picture of her on a podium, whether it's the top step or the the next two down. So I think she'll be coming in with a huge amount of confidence, obviously, and um, some good race legs. So, yeah, as always, we mark her, but I think definitely this season you'd be, you'd be crazy not to. Yeah, well, it'll be good to see her back on the circuit, well, back on the Australian circuit, certainly. Um, yourself with Specialised, uh, you bring in a good squad. Uh, obviously, you had stage winner from last year in Kate McElroy, who won the final stage. Um, who, who for that team? Well, for your team, rather. Yeah, I think, like, obviously, Kate's having a, a really good season and she's fortunate that, well, I wouldn't say she flies under the radar, but being over from New Zealand, sometimes, you know, she's not 
all in the the seeing eye of the Australian, you know, cycling news feed, so to say. So yeah, she's a, a fantastic athlete and she's so strong. So I think we'll definitely be um, hopefully getting her some NRS points as she came third overall down in Tassie. So we'll be going in obviously with, with that in mind, but also we've got Sophie's lining up for us again and I raced a club handicap with her not too many weeks ago. And while she'd just uh, come back from a holiday in Europe, she was definitely fighting fit, very lean. And I think um, you'd be crazy not to not to work for her, particularly in those those um, stages that suit a bunch kick. And, yeah, look, I'd, I'd like to see her obviously rival the likes of Beck Weizak and Ashen Kudinov, and I definitely think she's got the race craft and legs to do so. So, yeah, we've got a few cards to play, which is nice. And hopefully the rest of us can do our part to help facilitate those wins. Yeah, do you see many of the stages coming down to bunch kicks? Um, because last year the Strade Nero stage um, had a massive headwind coming back to coming back to the winery there. I remember that the peloton was just crawling along, coming <laughs> coming uh, for like the last thirty k's or so, coming back into coming back into town there. Um, and then and then the fourth stage four was ended up being uh, was kind of a reduced. It was, what was it, about 10 riders going for the sprint there, I think, in the end? So, yeah. Yeah, it was you... a reduced bunch. I think um, it all it's so dependent on the weather with King Valley. Like some years you can have a massive bunch kick at the end. Um, like even, yeah, coming back to stage three, as you said, like, yes, we were crawling, but it was quite a large group. And like with that last sort of open stretch of road, a lot of groups combined. And then we, we you know, found ourselves in a position where we really hadn't dropped any big names or no one had really become untouched on the on the gravel sections or the dirt climbs, et cetera. So I think, um, yeah, look, it'll definitely come down to what the weather's doing, but also, um, I guess, race legs. But nine times out of ten, it's always a sprint finish coming into there. And, you know, whoever's into into those final corners first is normally the one that comes out on top. So whether it's a reduced bunch or not, I, I don't really see it be less than 10 riders or 10 to 15. And, you know, we've only we've got a field of about 50. So when you think of it in that respect, it's still a large percentage of the group, I would say. Okay. Predictions time. Uh, it's obviously been a while since, since there's been any racing on the women's NRS and yeah, unfortunately that's the, that's the nature of the NRS these days. It's not, not really a, a calendar which is that way that you can get a solid block of racing in there. Um, so form form wise, it's going to be hard to judge. But um, who who do you think are going to be the main names we're talking about in taking out the win? Uh, yeah, look, I think at the moment it's a bit like drawing a name out of the hat. I think there's a lot of women out there that um, I would have no doubt with the reduced racing calendar have put this on their on their list of races to target. So you know we've only got. I think three races left now. So I would imagine most people are going to be fighting fit for the remainder of the the races. But um, yeah, coming back to predictions, look, I definitely think Beck Wyzak's going to be a real force to be reckoned with and you'd be crazy to to not include her in your predictions. Um, I'm obviously a little bit biased, but I'm, I'm really hoping that Kate does really well this tour. I think um, this is a tour that will suit her and look, if all comes along as if um, we've been... We've been thinking it shall. I would I would hope to think that she'll be up there. Um, Kimberly Wells, obviously wealth of experience. You never really know. You know, I, again, we, we I don't I don't follow a lot of the women uh, through their training, etc. So I I don't know where she's at. But yeah, I would imagine she's so experienced that she'll come in with some form. Um, but then yeah, you've got the likes of Macy Stewart and the TIS girls who definitely you know, are strong, strong in the time trial. They'll be strong on the dirt sections. I think um, Tour of King Valley is definitely an open race, but I think the heads of state from each team will give it a run for their money. 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I'd say probably I'd favour Macy Stewart in this one. I don't know particularly why, but I've been very impressed with her, obviously, at the races that she's done so far. And it's less about climbing in this one than it is in, say, the Tour of Tasmania. So, oh, well, Mersey Valley, rather. Um, yeah, so I'll be interested to see how she goes. And one from left field, maybe Charlotte Lucas from Rock Salt Attacker. Um, to do something yeah, I definitely think the Rock Salt girls, are, they've obviously also had a stint over in, in America and then a quick stint in, in Europe, I'm pretty sure, as well. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago, even though it wasn't wasn't too long ago. And so, obviously, yeah, they've had some experience over there and some bigger bunches, and they'll definitely have some confident legs coming into the tour. And, yeah, Charlotte Lucas is a fantastic athlete. She's so strong and she reads the race very well. So, yeah, it's it's funny when you say predictions. I think it's you're pretty much predicting one from each team. It is quite open. Kate, is there anything you want to promote? I see you guys are doing a raffle at the moment. Yes, here's a bit of a shameless self-promotion for you. Um, yeah, the Specialised Women's Racing Team, we are uh, currently holding our annual raffle. So for those of you that aren't aware, each year we hold a hold a raffle to raise money for for the team so that we are able to race our bikes. Obviously, the state of affairs at the moment proves that it is quite quite challenging at times for, for teams to get a squad together and, you know, let us be fortunate enough to race our bikes all around the country. So, yeah, we're, we'll be down in San Miranda, King Valley, roaming with some uh, some raffle tickets for sale. They're $10 each or 6 for 50 uh, First prize being up to $4,000 either off a new bike or a specialised bike to that value. So it's a pretty pretty sweet deal um and then uh, obviously if you're aligned with a brand of bike our second prize is um $850 worth of peddler kit which I can safely say is probably the most comfiest kit I've had that is another shame of self-promotion but uh yeah it's definitely good kit so yeah if you do see us roaming around when you are sipping on a on a wine at some uh beautiful winery while we're out racing then definitely um come and see us and we'll be able to help you out okay I'll certainly be Checking, checking that out and maybe grabbing a ticket whilst I'm down there. Okay, thanks, Kat. No worries. Okay, so we're back and we're talking racing overseas. A number of Australians, obviously, overseas at the Vuelta at the moment, Pat. A um, couple of late nights for, for us watching that. And obviously the women at the Ladies Tour of Norway and that other race in Sweden, what was it, Vorgorda. So, yeah, been a bunch of interesting racing happening recently. What's caught your eye? Um, I've been really following the Aussie development uh, women's team closely um, and been very um, pleased with what I've seen, like particularly, as you said, at Vargada in Sweden where we had, um, oh, yeah, no, in Norway, actually, should I say, where um, Leeson Hawkins in the final stage went off the front in a breakaway and then she was away with uh, two other riders one of which had a mechanical and at that point they had to decide to stop to wait for her or continue i think they made the right decision pushed on and then the other young lady the norwegian couldn't ha- um, help uh Lisa any further so Lisa decided to go at it solo i think she really put her face in um in the eyes of all the professional teams it's going to be an interesting story to see if maybe she picks up a european contract but uh, it was an absolutely fabulous ride by her. And then on top of that, the Orica Scott girls were fantastic there as well when uh, Rachel Nalen came across to Leeson. And then she rode solo for quite a fair um, stint of the final section of the race until being caught about five kilometres to go. But um, 
it's been it's been great to see uh even um grace brown had a bit of a a, a go young louisa lobigs she was uh active as well i know that shannon malseed's been up there pushing at the front there was some really good footage of her you know really in good position probably a little bit early in um, that final stage and then when it counted she sort of moved a bit too far back but they're learning a lot and it's really great to see the women cycling really strong um you speak about the Vuelta, obviously Jack Haig what a, still did a great performance last night after helping Yates and uh, the and Chavez. I think he's 28th, only a minute 49 down. His future is just massive. It's it's great to see. And also, like, how many of these young guys that are actually riding uh, the Vuelta. So Chris Hamilton, you know, Neo Pro, um, Schultz um, for KR Rual. Um, it's it's just a fantastic uh, story. Nicholas Dougal, who's actually South African, but I raced with him in 2010 at Virgin um, in the National Road Series. Um, it's just great to see so many of the guys and girls out there and, and, and getting exposure. And then you've got 211 here as well that's on, so it's really a jam-packed time. Um, and we should be starting to see the Aussies in the, in Lavanier start to push to, towards um, the top of the GC as we get into these hillier stages. Yeah, as you say, it's getting into the mountains. So you get your guys like oh, <clears throat> um, Michael Storer, Jai Hindley, Lucas Hamilton, all the big names coming coming to the fore there. And it, is this going to be the year where we finally get a Tour de Lavenir winner from Australia, Pat? What do we think? Um, I, I, I think Sivakov is well, too strong. Well, he's just he's incredible. Um I'm not a hundred percent certain about him yet, but he's uh, he's definitely incredible. Um, they almost let the the uh, let him fly out the bag on the first stage where he was at four minutes up the road, but it all fell apart when he actually punched and took a lot of strength out of the brake. He then rode back on. This is Sivakov, um, but to be caught and then not getting time gain, I think that was a big blow for Sivakov, and he would have expended a lot of energy. Um, I don't know if it matters. For him, he seems to never get tired. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll know more after they do the first mountain stage because we've also seen Hamilton, Henley, Stora all have bad days. Um, so they're all very strong. They're all great climbers. But which one's not going to be thereabouts this week? We don't know yet. Um, but definitely Lucas Hamilton and Jai Henley didn't expend any energy whatsoever in that stage where Sivakov was up the road swapping off all day. So that's going to be a, be a benefit to them. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly getting value for money if you're staying up late at the moment in Australia. There's um, a number of races that you can be watching. Oh, yeah, there was one person I wanted to mention from the Welter who is doing his first Grand Tour. Um, obviously, it's his, second, his third year as a World Tour rider. It's Lachlan Morton, um, and it's great to see him back up at the the top of the sport. I mean, it, it's been, it was a, it was a long time where, especially to that 2014 season where it just looked like he was struggling on the bike and couldn't get anything going. But now that he's back, he's, you know, getting the right sensations. He was up there until very late in the, in the state stage last night of the world. And, you know, maybe you can have a shot at maybe going for a stage, um, this, this tour. So that will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, apart from that, all those young riders who are taking on the Vuelta, I mean, good luck to them. And hopefully we see the Aussie flag flying proud. <laughs> um, I think you, you are right about Morton, and it's fantastic because it did look like he was going to just leave cycling altogether. 
But Will Clark's another one. It's uh, his first Grand Tour. He's been with three different World Tour teams, um, and he's broken up all those World Tour stints going back to Pro Continental. So it's actually a really in, in, incredible story that he rode World Tour with Leopard Trek, went back to Pro Continental with, uh, with uh, Champ Systems in Asia. Then he went on and then raced um, World Tour again. Then he went back to Draypack Pro Continental and now with Cannondale Draypack as a World Tour. And um, we will see him factor in the breakaways, there's no doubt. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to some NRS news now. And, yeah, unfortunately, the news isn't great. Um, I saw the 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 technical guide for the uh, Tour of Gippsland released, and it's four criteriums bunched together, which is, you know, not what you want to see, essentially, from uh, a race. I mean, last year was a, a great addition because you had that moment where, you know, Joe Cooper goes out, goes out on the front from a long way out and creates that, creates that real interest um, where over a wide and varied course and you're going, well, what the, what the hell is he doing? Is he going to be able to hold it all the way, all the, way the line? But I know with the criterion, it, it becomes a bit samey and you don't quite get that varied nature of the course. Um, so that's a bit disappointing to see. And also, though this has been known for quite some time, the Goulburn to Camden isn't going to be run this year after a lot of ooing and ahhing over whether they could get the get the – get the race working uh, over that short se- section of highway. In the end, it just wasn't able to be worked out. Yeah, well, I don't know if the criterion thing's such a big issue. I think that ultimately it could offer better opportunities to expose the series socially as well. So let's see where that goes. But ultimately, um, there's going to be some more racing going on. Um, Tour of Tasmania will be on later in the year and give plenty of long stages for riders to, to compete in there. But... Um, yeah, Golden to Camden or Golden to Sydney, as it's effectively known, you know, as it's old name. Um, it's probably was writing on the wall for a long time. It's a difficult race to 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 do these days with the traffic management side of things more than anything. Uh, even in the last editions that I rode, you know, the early part until you got off the highway was incredibly dangerous and and very scary as a rider. Um, so it was probably lucky in in all terms that there wasn't a big Serious incident in the years past, anyways. Yeah, I mean, obviously, safety has got to be the number one concern when you're dealing with any bike race. Um, but it, it is a pity because it does have over a hundred years of history that race, and it's a it's a shame to lose these sort of historic events to the calendar because they contribute so much to to the understanding of cycling within the within the community. And I think you I think you lose a lot of fans when. Um, the local races get taken off the calendar like that and people within Goulburn, within Sydney, don't get to see nearly as much racing as they as they would normally. Anyway, um, yeah, so that should just about do it for us, I'd say. Uh, Pat, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up before you, you leave us? No, that's all. I'm going to keep getting sleepless nights watching Tour de Lavenir and Vuelta España and, um, and then look forward to the World Championships as well. But uh, good luck to all the guys racing Tour of King Valley and the girls. Um, should be a fantastic event. Okay. Uh, well, you can join us on Twitter. Please do. It's always fun to get people tweeting along with the race. And uh, I try and offer you know, updates and give, put a few pictures in there of what's going on and the action that's happening on the road. Um, you can ov- obviously talk to us on 
uh, on Twitter when we're following the Vuelta and the other races over there in Europe. The Tour de l'Avenir is also a good one to follow. Um, yeah, so follow us on at Breakdown Pod or Pat, your Shory07, aren't you, on Twitter? Yeah, with an underscore there. It's just to make it technical. Perfect. That makes it official, I believe. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, of course, thanks to our sponsors. Go check out www.00.com.au. That's out of the rat race cycling apparel. Um, yeah, if you want to smell good, feel, be environmentally conscious, and look a bit snazzy, then out of the rat race has got you covered. Okay, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you around. <laughs>